Mr. Pop. Oh, you know what I'd do for a really Australian experience? What? Take him for a drive and put him on the Monash freeway for four f***ing hours. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. This is not a drill. This is fair dinkum, as uh, Bobby Davies said. It's fair dinkum unbelievable, this show. Uh, it is called Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier, and with me is Brian Mannix. Are you with me, Brian? This is not This is not a drill. This is actually a hammer. Yeah, thank you. Uh, okay. uh, and, uh, and Mark Fine, are you with me, Finey? I'm with both of you, and I've made a New Year's resolution to read this podcast. yeah. I will not be bullied by Brian. Ah. <laughs> I didn't realise I had bullied you, but um, well, I'll keep that in mind. I won't bully you. Subliminally. Yeah, because I'm... Oh, here we go. Yeah. Is Brian being passive-aggressive? No. <laughs> no. Well, I am furious. I don't think I've ever been more angry than I am right oh. at this second. I hope I'm not scaring everybody. Oh, I'm so out of control with rage. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so just before we before we get to your rage, I just, when it comes to the cards, look, I mean, we have a lot of fun on this program, but you, you are extremely <laughs> knowledgeable when it comes to music, you know, when it comes, oh. and I, and I sort of, you know, bow to your, bow to, to, to your wisdom often, but, but I'm just not, I'm not going to. Basically, I've, 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 you know what? I don't hate James Ray. No, we can't we're, hate me. Righto, fair enough. I know where you're going with that. Yep, okay. Um, yes, tonight's chart, fair enough. Now, Mannix, can we be real here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only rage in your life is on the television on a Friday and Saturday night on the ABC after midnight. That's as close as you get to rage. It's not on my TV. It's not. I don't watch that show. But no, I'm. Look, listen to me. I'm out of control. I've I've lost my temper and I'm furious. I'm screaming and I apologise for all the foul language that I'm using. Oh well, no, um, that's that's a point in case. Yes, I had a nasty a nasty day swimming around in the surf. Beautiful weather. So that's why I'm so angry. So I, once again, apologies to everyone. What did you do today, Brian? Let's do the day in the life of a rock star who lives in a penthouse on the Gold Coast. Go on. I just went down to the beach and had a swim, caught a few waves, um, and uh, that was about it, really. Um, That was the highlight of my day. Um, I'm still recovering from working on the weekend, so um, tomorrow I'll get things done, but not today. Oh, hang on. Not today. How much work did you do on the weekend, Brian? I played with my uh, new Queensland band, the, oh, good. and um, that went yeah, that went good. That band's getting real good now, and um, you know what we're doing is working really well. So um, yeah, we got really, really great. Probably the best feedback I've had after a gig for a long, long time. So um, everybody was sort of blown away with us. So that was that was very good. Oh, good. All right. Uh, yeah. And that's that's it. That's the day in the life of rock star. No, where's the where's the sex and the uh, uh, drugs and the and the rock and roll bit of it? You just said surf and beach well, and swimming. Today, surf and sleep and be sloppy. Okay. So that was that was the essence of my day today. Right. But that's your day. 
beautiful weather, yeah. penthouse living, <laughs> down on the beach, bit of body surfing. Yep. And you should have seen whose body I was using. She was gorgeous. <laughs> God, that wasn't the one I'm looking at now. Um. A light lunch, early light dinner, a couple of, couple of beers. Yeah. You're right. Shut up, shark bait. <laughs> <laughs> and what? And you, mind you, on, on the other side of the coin, here's the life of you know a deli owner, owner of course of, of Lenny's Fine Foods in uh, in wonderful uh, North Caulfield. Uh, up at what? Came Sparrows. Back, came back from came back from a great holiday as discussed last week, and on the Wednesday, the main power blew. There was an electrical fire. Lost. The free, main freeze have gone, so all the stock in there had to be thrown out. So I'm cooking seven, seven. I'm working six hours a day and then cooking eight hours a day. I heard that the food that got thrown out is now available at the little reject shop down the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bugger, yeah. that's no good. Um, yeah. I mean, that's always the fear of delis and Anywhere places freezers and fridges, it happens, and yep. you know you get overloads and stuff. But yeah, we got struck down. Not good. Hard work. No, so the gr- every day, every day is a different, few different meals, but they're all coming together. Such is life. Good, you know? good, good. You good. fight on. Yes, you you fight on. You, you certainly do. don't go to the beach. No, well, I yeah, well, no. I, I did go to the beach today. I did. Oh, both kids. Now, hang on, it wasn't all beer and Skittles, kids. Okay, it was. I got swooped by you know you know that you know, my life. I like to think sometimes my life is a carpenter's song. You know, rainy days and Mondays, and and then you know why do birds suddenly appear and then fucking attack me as I'm walking down the street? Yeah, I got swooped by these stinking plovers that have been swooping our dog, and they haven't swooped. Sarah's been walking the dog, and they they swooped the dog. But then uh, they decided today, they haven't gone anywhere near Sarah, they've decided today to have a crack at me. So they've had three runs passed at me, poor old gentleman walking down the street going for his afternoon walk, and I get swooped three times. And I was you, might have to, you might have to get one of those helmets with all of the um, plastic ties hanging out the top like a, so your head's like a porcupine. You mean, a, the, you mean the dickhead helmet? Yeah, the dickhead helmet. <laughs> I reckon, and, you know, it looks stupid enough when you're on a push bike. Yeah. But you just walking down the street with that helmet on. Oh, hang on, you, know, you, you look like you're a bit not right. <laughs> I reckon that's 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 a must. <laughs> hang on, hang on. So you're telling me yeah. these two these two birds only swooped you? Yes, they didn't swoop the girl that was walking 15 metres behind us. Who came? Who I turned around and said, "Careful, they're swooping." And she was like looking at her phone, walking down. She was a young girl, and uh, she said, "Oh no, no, no problem." Didn't swoop Sarah. Only swooped me and the dog. The dog, well, the dog was well, with us when we were walking. Well, they, they obviously listen to the podcast. <laughs> and and if look, if it makes you feel any better, I did get a bit of revenge for you because I went and swooped a couple of girls, a couple of birds on the beach. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> How do you reckon I ended up going body surfing? Hey. Uh, now, I did share the uh, the photo of uh, you with the gun in Vietnam and uh, the jumping uh, into the into the uh, river. Um, thing they've been on the if you haven't seen them they are on our social media things from last week's show so I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that we did that 
and they're not connected. He was not jumping off a bridge to get away from me while I attempted to shoot him with an AK-47. I was, I was escaping a hail of bullets. <laughs> you know, and you know what happened? And you know what happened, Kev? In my defence, yeah, it was there, a small there, target. There were, yeah, but I was jumping off the bridge, and there were three witches' hats next to me. <laughs> they all cocked a bullet in each of them, and then that's that's when I jumped. <laughs> Those last two witches' hats were me and Becky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it could have been worse. She could have been slapped by a former girlfriend of Michael Clark, or current girlfriend of Michael Clark, or soon to be former. Was it his, was it his girlfriend or his Stefanovic's wife? No, no, no. It was well. It's it's Carl's wife's sister. Who he's going out with? Oh, not Carl's not going well, out with Carl's wife's sister. Carl's going out with Carl's wife, uh, but Michael Clark is going out with the other Yarborough girl, who is Carl's wife's sister. And he he, he denied all all charges, and then the next day admitted to them. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I haven't followed it as closely as that. <laughs> like most people in Australia, I watched the video and went dickheads. And well, somebody uh, in the pub told me that. Um, you know, he's there in the video going, bullshit or whatever it is. I couldn't make much sense of the video. But then the next day he came and said, yeah, it's all true. <laughs> so I'm told. Yeah, I haven't, so I haven't seen that. Um, but, yeah, he did no, deny no, it on the night way. while he was being slapped and tore his hamstring off the bone and did all those sorts of things. Um, oh, did he tear his hamstring off the bone? Well, that's why he was limping because he's, he's ripped his hamstring. And I, I saw one story today. It must have been today? What's today? Yeah. must have been today. He went back to radio in Sydney today and – they were saying the bruise from his torn hamstring is enormous. He did that when he was, I think, trying to run away or escape or duck a I punch or pissed. whatever. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, um, the, they must have relaxed the um, the eating rules at Noosa restaurants now where you can eat with no shirt on. I don't quite know how that works. <laughs> you, don't, you don't serve people with no shirts on at uh, uh, Lenny's Fine Foods, do you? As long as they've got a bit of folding. <laughs> Spoken like a true small businessman. Uh, yeah, so that was an interesting uh, bit of. Um, you're not. You're not. You're not allowed to um, discriminate. Oh, aren't you? Oh no, no, doesn't bother me. Visa, Mastercard, Amex, <laughs> all good. Uh, fair enough. Uh, all right, the tennis. Uh, ben, what's going on with the tennis? Are you, uh, uh, I mean, and you're, you live right near it, Finey. Is, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's going on with the tennis. There's no f***ing parking around. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Alex, Alex Dimonor's, you know, making the big pay. And we'll finally go, the bastards are parking in my spot. Bastards. So, I, are there any Aussies still in it? Yeah, Dimonor's playing tonight as we record this. Against he's playing uh, Djokovic. Yeah, he? so probably by the time we finish this podcast, there won't be any Australians in it. Yeah, yeah. He is having uh, Djokovic is having a bit of a quad problem, though, isn't he? Uh, yeah, hammy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's yeah, say, let's he, say, he always fakes injuries. That's his big. Oh, I said, why tactics. is he so unlikable? Why, why? I saw an interview with him and Yelena Dokic the other night, and it was actually quite a nice interview. <laughs> but why is he so unlikable? Well, I've got to t- I can t- do you want to hear a story about Djokovic and Finey? Yeah, go on. Yeah. So back in the day when I had some sort of a media career, I actually for five years I worked for AO Radio, you know, co- commentating the tennis. Yep. I called that famous 
you know, went and rode around the world, but we had we were calling it from the bunkers courtside. It was fantastic. I actually called that um was a Baghdadis Hewitt game. Oh, oh game that, yes, I remember that. I was there till five in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. Um so I think it was Hewitt. So a young Novak Djokovic, they used to bring people for interviews. And they brought a young Novak Djokovic, and I was, they're very small booze, and you just, they'd pick one person from the team to interview him. It was like a 40 minute interview. And he was, you know, up and coming. But I, the part of the, his story that interested me was he was playing doubles at that stage of his career with a Croatian. And being Serbian, that's a bit of a story. Oh, yeah. I think his partner's name was Naned Zimonivit, Zimon, Zimon, something like that, with a Zimonivit Zich or something. Anyhow, and he, he really appreciated that we were focusing on that and he wanted to promote some detente between Croatia and Serbia and sports the way to do it. And we got on really well. Now, afterwards, he really thanked me. Um, the players in the media used to share the same canteen, cap, canteen area sort of down, you know, literally literally when you see those players walking, you know, when they show them walking onto court from that bunker area. Yeah. If you turn left instead of right, there's a, can, there's a, a restaurant there. And after that interview, for two years, whenever I went in the restaurant, a couple of times this happened only, he was there, he, he came and beckoned me over to sit with him. You know, and then I would say he's, of all the people I was involved with, him and Nadia Petrova were the two that I had some sort of relationship with. And he was, you know, I, thought, I think the world of him. That's okay. just my interaction well, with him. Nadia Petrova loved me because there was a little area for smoking and I used to have a cigarette. <laughs> and she loved a dart. She always used to grab me for five years to sound me out for a cigarette. Okay. But he's not. He's well, not liked. He's, he's not liked at all. The the. Uh, no. The, the, no. The, 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 not. What? But as you just heard, he, he hit on Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Why don't we have dinner together? Come on, I'll pick you up at the baseline. You, you know who else I got on very well with, in a way, was Serena Williams. Because you know every player has to do a press conference after every game. Yep. That's the rules. And, boy, are there some young journos in there asking terrible questions. Yep. But I'd, I'd, I'd go to them and ask proper questions. And Serena, you know, after a few matches or after a couple of years, they'd begin to recognise him. So I'd put my hand up. She'd always pick me first and say, well, at least it's going to be a, a decent question. How are you? And then I'd ask the question and... She'd answer it and then roll her, she'd roll her eyes at the next four stupid questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, do you reckon you were a chance with her, Thorn? Oh, no. I was, I was at, the, at that time, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That is, inc- that is not true, by the way. I missed that because my internet connection here it keeps freezing every now and again. Sorry. What did you Just say? Just for anybody who missed it, I said I, I was not with Serena because at that stage I was rooting Venus. Oh, okay. But but he was working up to a game of doubles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I knocked off Venus and I was 
cracking square with Jupiter and looking to do some business with Uranus. <laughs> yeah, so I knew, why did I know you were going there? Fine. Jeez, goodness. Well, it is our galaxy. Uh, Chinese year of the water rabbit. Water rabbit? The water rabbit. <laughs> I don't, I've got no idea. Have you ever heard of a water rabbit before in your life? No. No, neither have I, but that's apparently what it is. Chinese year of the rabbit and it's the water rabbit. Oh, there you go. Do do with that what you like. Do you not having a theme day at the uh, at, at, at Lenny's? You know? no, I might do some pate. Uh, and Australia Day. Uh, how will you be celebrating Australia Day next week, Brian? Um, this week, sorry. Yeah, well, next, if uh, you're celebrating it next week, yeah. you'll be celebrating. How will you be celebrating it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that we've got any plans, but I would suggest that we probably go and have a. Barbecue by one of our pools, and uh, one of our pools, our what an arrogant prick. Um, yeah, that would be my guess. It's a, you know Australia Day. It's a bit of a barbecue day, as far as I can see. It's barbecue and beers and maybe some lamb. I don't know, but yeah, I expect that we'll um, have a swim and a bit of a barbecue, and you know, play Slim Dusty and uh, some uh, some Australian music. So if you had some people from another country over to your house, Brian, is that what you would say, do? I'd to give them a typical, a real Australian experience, is that what you do? And what – And what? give me two songs that you would play them. G'day, uh, G'day by Slim Dusty. G'day, G'day by Slim Dusty. And um, probably My Island Home by uh, Christina New. I've got, a, I've got a playlist that I think from Australia Day a couple of years ago that's just full of Australian songs that I like which is rare to find. There's only three songs on the uh, playlist, but uh, <laughs> no. So, yeah, no, I like, you know, I, I sort of have a theme. I've got another playlist, which is no English and just all songs with in different languages. And uh, But, yeah, I've got an Australia one and it's full of beauties. Lots of James Ray and Ozzy Crawl? No, I don't think he made the, uh, the cut, actually. Oh, uh, really? The Boys Light Up didn't make the cut? No, I'll show you what made the cut. Can you give me a second? Um, Australia. Okay. Did you do Buddha? I oh, know. I've got that. My Island Home. G'day, g'day. I am, you are, we are. Down Under Man at Work. Treaty by Yothu Yindi. People Get Ready by Jimmy Little. I'll Never Find Another You by The Seekers. I still call Australia home. Peter Allen. Pub With No Beer. Slim Dusty. Home Among the Gum Trees. John Williamson. Drinkers of the Territory, oh, that's terrible. They're <laughs> bloody good drinkers. Oh, yeah, that's a smiley by Ronnie Burns, one by Johnny Farnham. Sounds of Then by Ganga Jang. I am more yeah, ready. Memorial Day by Russell Crowe, of all people. Denim and Lace by Marty Roan. Four Walls by Cold Chisel. Open up your heart, G. Wayne Thomas. And True Blue by John Williamson rounds out the set. Wow. So I reckon I've got it pretty well covered. Yeah. It's an interesting assortment of songs. Well, you know, my dad likes Slim Dusty. I listened to a lot of it yeah. as a kid. Oh, yeah. I, I, there's a few Slim Dusty songs I really like, um, having, uh, you know, been uh, uh, sort of enlightened to it in my uh, sort of start in, in country radio, um, playing a fair bit of Slim. Yeah, Slim goes all right. Yeah, Slim Slim goes. Good. Joy, his wife, wrote some really good songs. Joy McKean, yeah. she wrote some really good songs. Well, I think Ted Egan wrote a few for him. So I didn't mind Digby Richards too. There's a few Digby songs that were, I reckon, good songs too. What was a piece of my not piece of my heart? That was Janis Joplin. Piece of my, I'm trying to think. I remember what it's called. It's a good song. 
Did you did you see the video of Tony Pantano's funeral? Speaking of great Australians, no, I didn't. But I, I uh, lucky Phil sent it to me. I haven't watched it yet. But he does it. They played his version of My Way, which is, is as, stunning. As they carry, as they, as they, yeah, everybody's crying their eyes yeah. out. Lucky Phil said he only got about eight bars in when he's tearing up. So, so anyway, that's something to check out if they like. Yep. That is, on, that is online if you want to look at that too. Well, what would you do if you were having people over for an Australian experience, Finey? What would you do and what would you play? Give me a couple of songs. Oh, I'd, play, I'd play two songs. Love to have a beer with Duncan. Oh, nice. And 99 Luft Balloons, just to remind us what could happen if we lost the war. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you could probably chuck turning Japanese in there too. <laughs> I reckon um, you, should, you should make up something then just tell them that it's an Australian thing and just make them do stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, uh, to give them the true Australian experience, I would um, – I'd, I, you know, the true Australian experience would be I'd buy a whole lot of beautiful meat and stuff and then just show it to them so we can't cook it because it's a total fire ban. That's very Australian. <laughs> yes. And then I'd, um, I'd, take them down, I'd take them down to the pub and, yeah, that's what I'd do. I'd take them down to the pub and I'd put them in the pokies. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And they go, what? They'd say, what the f- is going on here? I said, well, that, that's now what has happened to our pubs. Yep. If you want if you want a beer, you can go in there. They're about $7 a pot. Or if you want something to eat, they're doing lamb shanks and curry corma gravy for $38 a plate. So <laughs> forget a counter meal. Uh. Um, and then I might, oh, you know what I'd do for a really Australian experience? Take them for a drive and put them on the Monash freeway for four f-ing hours. <laughs> uh, <coughs> yes, there you go. Yes, that's that is very, very, a uh, very Australian experience. Um, they can enjoy all, they can enjoy what it's like to live here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Now, or push them in the Yarra and watch them die. <laughs> Botulism from the air. Uh, now I've got a, I've got a, a, a comment. A do, I've got to give uh, my man of the week. Hey, what would you play? What would I play? Um, yeah, what would you play? Strip uh, poker, <laughs> Mortal Kombat, <laughs> Call of Duty. I, I reckon a, a real Australian experience. Get them, get them to your house. Do do the barbie. I wouldn't do lamb because I don't eat lamb. I know that's un-Australian, but I don't eat lamb. I don't like the taste of it. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like the texture of it. You've got to to take the wool off first, Kev. Oh, my God. Bucker me dead. Jesus. Uh, Have a barbie. Have a bit of kick. New New Zealanders would say you're not doing it right. (laughs) Uh, A bit of kick to kick in the backyard and a bit of backyard cricket. That would be very Australian with with the barbecue. And then what to – Oh, that would be nice. Get a couple of get a couple of people over from Switzerland and play cricket with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, they'd love that. Yeah, well, you know, kick Kevin's kick. not at one hundred and forty-eight. <laughs> yeah, of course, I'd bat first. <laughs> <laughs> um, or I'd bowl and then knock their heads off. One of the two, you know. Yeah, so, so, we're watching those Pakistani women play. God, strike! Really? No, no good. <laughs> I saw something I've never seen before. This was against the Australian women. This is this is the test series. Australia versus Pakistan. Yeah, 
They played them three one days. Australia won them all, but that's fair enough. Pakistan's rated nine. They were trying. I saw something I have never seen in cricket before. I saw three fieldsmen misfield the same shot for four <laughs> runs. It went, it went through gully, went through her legs, backward point over ran it, and the girl running around the boundary on the deep point boundary kicked it into the fence. Now, I have never seen three people misfield the same delivery. Fair that's, a, that's, a, that's a special skill. That's, that's worth paying the admission price for to go and see that, isn't it? The bowler was like putting her arms up in the air, back down, back up, back down, back up. <laughs> Very exasperating. I, was that, is that the Pakistan series where I saw the footage um, on social media of the girl, the Australian girl comes in to bowl, lets it go, it bounces about a foot in front of the popping crease and then as as it, just as it bounces, she lifts her bat up and walks away as if to say, Oh no! It, oh, you've spooked me. It takes <laughs> the off, it takes the off stump out of the ground, and yeah. and they're all sort of standing there going, uh, "I think you might have left it a bit late to kind of pull out of the shot." <laughs> you know. Oh dear. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Now, footy. Yeah. Do any footy news around that uh, either of you want to talk about? I haven't got any footy news at the moment. It's very quiet on the footy front. Um, Jake, Jake Stringer, and Redmond. Had a bit of a dust up at training the other day at Essendon, fighting uh, over the injury uh, spot or something. Isn't Jake injured? Oh, he's always injured. Yeah, no. Um, but uh, yeah, they. Uh, well, you know, I don't know. If it's, it's you generally don't want to see players having a crack at each other, but hopefully, it's showed a sign of the new intensity that Brad Scott's brought to the team. Who knows? Probably just a couple of blows cracking the shits with each you other. Pro- you promised me this year, Brian. Mm. Yes. That when it comes to this program, I, I, look, I don't expect you to be politically correct. No, that's but too you much said to you would, park, you would park racism at the door. Now, I've told you that that guy's name's Native American, not Redman, and you call him, <laughs> Redman. <laughs> you call him Redman one more time, I'll get, I'll get Nate Stringer on here. Right. No, I, I don't mind. I don't mind seeing Blaze get that uh, that fired up that they have a crack. I, I don't reckon that's that's not a that's not a bad thing. I remember. Oh, was it famously was it Luke Darcy had a he had a he had a go. I think he and Bobby Murphy clashed in a practice match, and then I think I think Jose might have had a go at so Jose Romero. Jose Feliciano. No, no, no. Jose no, Feliciano. No, he, he happened didn't to be there. He didn't jump in. He didn't have so to swinging his guitar. <laughs> Hit Luke I, I, Darcy I, in the teeth. I've seen a lot of, a lot of dust ups at practice matches. I remember going to an intra club practice game as a kid, mm. and at half time, Neil Basanko and Rex Hunt were absolutely belting each other, going into the rakes. Oh, okay. And and you know Tony Lockett twice got reported for thumping players in intra clubs. <laughs> I mean, he knocked out one bloke, Darren Loughton, almost killed him. He's on man with my book. He he, he came from Melbourne, Loughton, was trying out. He almost killed him. Loughton's father was my bookshop down on Thomas Street in East Brighton. He was very upset. I remember that that bookshop for two reasons. Yeah. The last, it was the last bookshop I've ever been into with sawdust on the floor. Yeah. I thought they, they all did in a day. Yeah, I'm saying, but it was the last one I remember having sawdust, you know, on the floor. Oh yeah, that 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 was that did go out a long time ago. Yeah, 
And I remember when he had a, you know, they used to sell just barbecue sausages. Yeah. And I remember, I remember he put a sign up, new variety of sausages. Do you know what they were? Thick barbecue no. sausages? Thin, thin barbecue sausages. <laughs> I knew it was one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> we now do that's that that's as fancy as that. And let me tell you, it was still still as good a book through as you could ever go to. And probably more better sausage than you can eat today. And today you can buy the sausages with everything in it except what you used to like about sausages. How yeah, often do you right. how often do you eat it? How often do you eat a bit of sausage there, Kev? Once a week, Bri. Right, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Had sausages last night for dinner, actually. How many sausages did you have? I had three, Brian. Oh, really? And a few friends over? Three skinny ones I had. Okay, there you go. Hey, little four uh, ones, little, little, one, little buggers they were, Brian. Oh, there you go. You know, yeah, they're good, good size. Yeah, okay. I'm more, right. more than a mouthful in them, you know. That's all you need. That's all I need. <laughs> Nothing wrong with sausages, especially when you've got four kids. <laughs> Yes, I like. Yeah. It. I love sausages. Good sausage, but you can't but, buy supermarket sausages are crap. I no, love yeah, they're rubbish. I've found a butcher here in uh, locally in Inverloch where he does really good snacks. So I'm, I'm I'm onto him at a million miles an hour. And you know what sauce you got to have with them? Tomato. No, no, tomato's okay. Yeah, but H- fountain H- makes fountain make this sauce called Big Red or Red Sauce or something. This, yeah. It's great. I love that fountain red barbecue sauce. Oh, okay. A bit. You just told me off for being racist. Here's yeah. you with the red sauce. What's that about? Jeez. No, it's native. Red man. It's native <laughs> sauce. <laughs> it's, now it's native sauce. Uh, okay. uh, you know what other barbecue? You know what other sauce I like with sausages off the barbie? I think it's eater. You know the one in the plastic container with the. The squeeze bottle it's ones. Of, it's sort of round down the bottom and gets thin. Yeah, the squeeze bottle ones, they're master foods. No, not the master foods. I think it used to be Eater. Now, I've got one in the pantry. I'll get it later. Yeah. What flavour is it? Just barbecue, old-fashioned sweet barbecue. Oh, the, the brownie-coloured one? with the Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the, it's got like a, um, a dimpled bottom. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, like, like our missus's. Um <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I don't mind it. You know, uh, something to grab onto if there's an earthquake. Ah, uh, yes, the eater with the eater with the dimpled bottom. Brian, remember yeah. that? Um. Uh, well, um, what did I do? Did, I, I, did you say I eater? I didn't say Rita with a dimpled bottom. I said the eater, eater, the brand name. Oh, man. was that Rita? Rita of the. Bud's bean eater. What is it? <laughs> what, was the, what was the name? The Rita the Rita. Rita the, yeah. You know how you get a root out of her? Uh, uh, no, I don't. Well, no, clearly not. You pull out your stalk. Oh, you take You take it down to a meadow lee. Oh. You make sure she's spread well. Oh. There used to be a whole routine. There used to be a whole routine of that. That's all I can remember. Right. Who did, who did that classy <laughs> bit of comedy? No, I used to play it, oh. say it on stage. <laughs> 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 oh, goodness me. Um, yeah. Uh, As we get to the charts, mm. Ostentatious is doing Australiana and at the same time Bride's doing 
Margarino. <laughs> Margarine <laughs> porn. Yes. Speaking of the chart, we'll get to it. It's the 5th of February, 1984. Now, we're going to change it up from next week. We're going to go to an album chart next week and pick an album and go for your good and bad songs from an album. But anyway, this week. Oh, God, I've never, I never bought albums. I, was, I can say I was too poor, but I wasn't. I no, just, of course you weren't. Too stingy. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't the money. I just, I had music ADD. I just didn't have the, I, I love music, but I like the singles. I just wasn't one of those people that could. Oh, really? Didn't you, get, didn't you get to the point where you put the Led Zeppelin 3 on and just sat back and listened to side one and went, oh, wow? I wasn't doing marijuana when I was four. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, why no, not? really. I, I, I had a big collection of. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, I had a big collection of singles and then I used to record songs off the radio and make my own mixtapes. I mean, I've. Always loved music, but I've never really bothered with B-sides. I've never been one of those people that said, oh, that's, you know, oh, their best song is, you know, friggin' in, friggin in the friggin' in the margarine or something that no one's ever heard. <laughs> yeah, but once you hear it, you never forget it. <laughs> yeah, the old friggin' in the margarine. Well, there you go. Number 10 is Twist of Fate. Who's that by? Is that Irene Cara? It is too. Olivia. I thought it was Olivia. No, it's Olivia. Sorry, you're right. Olivia Newton-John's number 10. Uh, number nine is Why Me by Irene Cara. Number eight is In a Big Country by Big Country. Number seven is Listening by Pseudo Echo. Six is Thriller. Five is Come Said the Boy by Mondo Rock. Four is Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. Three is Islands in the Stream by Kenny and Dolly. Two is All Night Long by Lionel. And the number one song, it's actually his birthday today, I think, uh, uh, Michael Hutchins. Um Original Sin by In Excess is the number one. It's his birthday, is it? Yeah. Well, it, uh, well, how's he celebrating it? Well, so social media is full of people with the happy, happy heavenly birthday to Michael Hutchins and putting clips up and doing all that stuff. It's quite bizarre. Yeah, how, how would you birthday. celebrate Michael Hutchins' birthday? Brian? Well, I'd take, uh, how would I celebrate Michael Hutchins' birthday? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'd. No, I can't say that. No, you uh, can't. No, you can't. No, no, and I no, knew. No. Yeah, we both knew where he was going. Then I know. Yeah, what, yeah, no. I know what you're thinking. Yes. Let me tell you, Brian. You're in no position yeah. to deny your brain any oxygen. <laughs> uh, um, look, I'll, I'll take a pass on that one. Yeah, Ken. fair enough. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I completely understand where you're at with that. <laughs> now, someone who won't be celebrating any more birthdays too is our black armband. There's only one this week, and David Crosby, who uh, uh, passed away at the age of 81, founder of The Birds, and then, of course, went on to Crosby, still Nash and Young. Very good musician. Yeah. Feisty bugger on, uh, on social media of recent years. Always had an opinion on what was going on around particularly American politics and all that, and... Um, I try. I've I've spent the better part of the last two and a bit years trying to get him to do Life of Brian, and thought I had him at one stage, and then he dangled off the hook, and then I thought I had him again recently, and then uh, he dangled off the hook again. So, unfortunately, well, not to be. He might be easier to get now, Kit. Brian. He wouldn't be as busy. <laughs> well, no, I don't think it was. He wasn't busy. He was just. Uh, he, I think he he cut back on all that sort of stuff and was. He was just a bit fire. He, he sent me one te- text message at one stage on on Twitter, a Twitter message saying, "You know, why should I do an interview with you?" So I sent him back a few reasons, and 
He didn't respond to that. Did he used to have a shoe shop or was it Grosby? <laughs> Grosby, great mate, Wolf. Remember that? They were great, those Grosby shoes. I used to buy those school shoes and they had a compass inside. Yeah, didn't they have the little, inter- little insignia, the paws signature as well? And yeah, yeah, they had yeah. paws and then leave animal that, tracks. Yeah, yeah that little it. compass. Yeah, and they had a compass inside the shoe. Yeah, well, that, what, and what good in did case that do you? Got, in, in case you got lost somewhere between, you know, finger, paint, finger painting <laughs> and plasticine. <laughs> Where's plasticine? Due north. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you couldn't count to three or or <laughs> not not wet your pants, but you knew how to read a, a <laughs> compass perfectly. Of course you did. All the kids are pulling their shoes off like Maxwell's mask. <laughs> All right, let's get to this chart because uh, I want to keep this show uh, running. Oh, to, yeah, we're trying to do an hour. Running to time, yes. want to keep it running to time. So it's February 5th, 1984. What were you doing then, Brian? You uh, Uncanny X when we're up and about and flying at that stage? No, nah, we were about to go flying. Um, we, were, we were certainly doing well live in the pubs and shit. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're just about, what is it, June? So I think no, about Feb. October. Oh, fair. Well, about yeah, fair. latter half of the year we release, everybody wants to work. Were you recording at this stage in 84? Did you go and do much recording? Yeah. Well, we recorded the Beach Party EP, which had Everybody Wants to Work, and um, one half that was live, and then it had another song called Tune In Your Radio. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, it was, it was things were going well. We, Did you do Countdown we, or any we, of those we, Shows before you had the record, or do you have to wait till you had the record? Oh, we'd, we'd already done Countdown, Stacks of Tops. We'd done it with um, How to Get Your Kicks. We did it with Time Goes So Fast. So, you know, we, we had a presence. And um, yeah, we knew. We, we just knew. It just all felt right and everything was going right. And um, we knew when we started recording the album, um, which I think we started that year. Yeah. Um, we knew it was going to sell a bucket load. So, yeah, it was good. It was a really good time. Towards the end of 1984, one of my probably favourite times of uh, being in the X-Men. Okay, good. What were you yeah. doing, Finey? 84. I'm getting vertigo watching Brian walk around. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's tackle the pad. I do several podcasts with Brian. You can imagine what I'm like. God almighty. <laughs> uh, yes. So what was I doing? I've got to wind up so, Brian you know, Mannix's doll. Um I do two point three k when we do these podcasts. Yeah, good. Yeah, you are you are a bit of a pacer. Yeah, I'm trying. Um, to, yeah. I'm trying to get you down to one point five k. So we'll see. Here we go. Eighty four. Uh, what were you doing, Finey? Well, nineteen eighty three. I finished school at the end of eighty three, so I'm still on sort of that end of school break. Uh, I was, I, you know, modesty. Modesty prevents me to say I was reading my ass off and the fact I've still got an ass, but they were good times. <laughs> uh, you bloody boys from over that side of town, from uh, you Balaclava boys. I wasn't from Balaclava. I was from McKinnon. I used to wear a Balaclava. <laughs> <laughs> At work. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, there's memories. Uh, I, can, I can reel off names. Doesn't sound like you can. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can. I can reel. I can reel off. I can reel off plenty of names. Uh, there was Lasers Nightclub. Oh, yeah. there, 
Stage one. Blazers in Springvale. Stage one. Croxton Park. (laughs) Did you spend much time at the uh, the Linton Street Social Club uh, post? No, no. My 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 haunt was the Bear Cave on a Sunday night. Where's the Bear Cave? After Caulfield VFA games. Ah, okay. Oh, they were good nights. Was that the pub on? Is that the pub on the main on Dandenong Road? No, not the pub. It was it was in the bowels of the very small pavilion there on Caulfield's ground on oh, Bamber Road. Okay. Oh, everybody had turned up. There were footballers, Richmond footballers especially were very because there was a link between Caulfield and Richmond. So you get a lot of Richmond footballers, a lot of jockeys, uh, a lot of good-looking birds, a lot of working women. Apparently, coppers, you, you name it. Oh, it was bloody hilarious. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, good night. Okay. What about you, Kev? 84, I was doing, uh, what was I doing, mornings. Yeah, I was doing mornings on XY. All right. How about yeah. you? Yeah, so. Uh, that, that, was, you, that was the number one. For people who don't know. He was the number one DJ at the number one station. Now, we could have died off a bit then because the, the FM thing had started. So XY, XY had, had had its thing, but we weren't we weren't down and out, which happened sort of towards the end of 86 into 87. XY really struggled. But 84 was still going well, still going really well. well so. What was the show on Sunday, Kev, that Wilbur and um, Graham Simpson used to do? Oh, off the record. Yeah, that was, yeah. Good. That we're was doing, a good show. We're doing that then. Um, yeah. In fact, yeah. one of the songs on this um, Stephen Cummings song on this is one of my one of my absolute favourite memories of doing that show. We it was like we, we um, it was like a, a jukebox jury thing. So we would yeah. play new songs, and Willie, me, Graham Simpson, who was Lester Parsons, and our guest would uh, would pass judgment on the songs. So about show two or three, we reviewed Backstabbers by Stephen Cummings. Um, and uh, Graham Lester Parsons, who Graham Simpson, who was a, a writer for Duke Magazine, the editor of Duke Magazine, amongst other things, um, he bagged the shit out of it like you wouldn't believe. It just that Stephen Cummings got no personality, Stephen Cummings can't sing, this is a dreadful song, blah, 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 blah. So, of course, we had Stephen Cummings on the next week and played oh. back what Graham had said. And I thought, I thought, I wasn't sure who was going to die of embarrassment more, Stephen Cummings or, um, or Graham, <laughs> and and Wilbur turned into the greatest shit stirring fire starter I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he was in his element like there was no tomorrow. He just, I was, I was sitting there pissing myself laughing. Wilbur was just stoking the two of them, getting them going, and Stephen didn't want to take him on because he knew. Who Graham was in real life, Lester Parsons right. being the radio character. So it yeah. was just, it was, it was hysterical. It was absolutely hysterical. I thought Stephen was going to get up and walk out, but he's too, too nice a bloke to do that. So he, uh, he hung yeah. in there. But uh, it was a good show. It was a very funny show. We had all sorts of people on that show. That was a good show. Yeah, D. Snyder, remember him doing it? Jeez, uh, everyone did it. Actually, D. Snyder. I've got a funny. good doppelganger for Steve Cummings. Steve Cummings? Yeah. Who looks like Steve Cummings? A WA golfer called Wayne Smith. But anyhow, that goes back many years. Oh, no, yeah, I remember Wayne Smith. There was a tall, 
steely-haired. Yeah. Uh, Steve had – Steve. I think Steve's okay now, but Steve had a health scare there about 12, 18 months ago. During the, I think during the pandemic he he had, might have had a stroke or a heart attack. I can't remember. Oh, that's no good. But, but he, he, he had that steely-coloured hair, didn't he? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the sort of grey fleck yeah. through his hair really early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did get that very early actually. If but, he trimmed it and dyed it blonde, trimmed it down a bit, he'd look like James Rain, or James Rain looks like him. The bit of that, yeah. There is a bit of yeah, that. Their faces are very similar. Yeah, I like I like Steve's stuff. I always I don't know though we'll get to backstabbers, uh, but I, I liked gymnasium. A few of those solo things he did after sports. Yeah, it was good. Sports were terrific. I love sports. Sports were great. Really good band. All right, finally, kick us off. What's your What's your number three? Uh, good and bad in this uh, this chart from Feb. It's the goes. Oh, it's the countdown chart of. Um, 1984, the Countdown Aria chart. So it's a One, two, three, yeah, but I'm going to be honest this year. I'm not going to be threatened. Okay. Mm. Number one, number three, bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like being betrayed by a band. Oh. Actually, look, it's not even betrayal. I don't even know if I ever liked this band, right? Oh. But I knew I hated them after this song, Love Cats by The Cure. Oh. I mean, I mean, you want to be stupid, be stupid on your own time. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid in, if I'm listening to your song. Did, what did the Cure stuff did you like? Did you like Friday, I'm in love or any of that stuff when they started doing that? Barely, you know. I mean, what's he? he's a Smith, isn't he? Robert, lead Robert Smith. Yeah. You know, strange for the sake of being strange does nothing for me. Yep. Fair enough. There's enough strange people without putting it on. <laughs> yeah, bloody oath. Now, the, the, my number three good song, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say this with apologies to a couple of songs. Just missing out on my top three was Reckless by Australian Crawls. I really quite like that song. Really? And I think, yeah, I think he sings it really well, but it missed out, so we'll leave it at that. And also Just Missing Out was Under Cover of the Night by the Rolling Stones, which I yeah. think was about their last really good song. Yeah, I agree with that. I quite like that song. But just pipping them for third was the only song I ever knew by this band. I don't know what ever happened to them. Now, after Float On by the Floaters, <laughs> that, very, that very disturbing song, I'm very weary of songs that sound like the band, but I really like In a Big Country by Big Country. And I know a few big country people. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like it in a big country, so that's my number three group. They're a Scottish band, I think, from memory. Um, yeah. And I, and that was it. They didn't do much after that. Singer was, no. Singer was good. He was good, I reckon, the singer. Yeah, I think the film clip sunk them. They were behaving like a pack of idiots, but yeah. I quite like the song. Yep, yep. No, good song. Brian? Well, I didn't really like any of these songs. Well, I liked, I did, you know, there's a few there that are okay. So I've kind of more got six bad ones. Okay. Um, is is that okay? That's perfectly all right. All right. Well, my number six bad mm-hmm. is number 29, Modern yeah. Love by David Bowie. Yeah, no like, argument from me. It's just, you know, as Bowie can write Life on Mars and, um, you know, so many great songs. And then yeah, he pulled out this, right. this piece of shit. Oh, mate, it, 
for somebody who wrote good music, he put out more shit than a professional, one of those professional hot dog eaters. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right, especially <laughs> if you hear his very first album where he's singing about dwarves and it's got a, it's like a folk thing. It's horrible. Um, oh, the Laughing Gnome yeah. album, that, that oh, first the one. Laughing Gnome, oh, my <laughs> God. Remember that? A shocking, Jesus. shocking song. That, that, that <laughs> would have to. Sorry. Who's that Aussie journalist? He's a he's not a music journo. I think Alan's somebody, but he's got one of the largest record collections in the world or Australia. Alan Jones. Do you know him? No. He's a really good print journo. Oh yeah, yeah. I was the um Alan Howell. Alan Howell. That's exactly I had him on my show once. Yeah, year. he's fascinating. He's one of the most fascinating blokes you'll ever hear talk about music. Super intelligent. Yes. Get get him on about David Bowie. Yep. yep. He really? hates him. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and Alan worked for many years in uh, in the UK before he came out here. Yeah. Was a regular yep. on Mike Brady's um, radio show. Used to do, I reckon it was six to seven on a Saturday night, he used to do the opening hour with Braids and they would talk about music and I'd be driving home from SEN. And yeah. uh, oh god, it was he's very fant- good. He's fantastic. He's brilliant. written a few books and stuff. And he's yeah. he's friends with so many people in the music industry. Um, you know the 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 Ray Davies and that of the world. Um, yeah. yeah, he's fascinating. Yeah, no, he's very good. Yeah, right. Our modern love gets a Guernsey, and I uh, and we're we're backing you on that one, Brian. Okay, and um, look, I think yeah, number eleven. Number eleven. Once again, you've got two of the oh. biggest artists in the world. You got Paul McCartney, who wrote such great songs like "Hey Jude" and "Yesterday," and the list goes on. Michael Jackson, who's written some amazing songs, so they get together and they come up with this pile of bubblegum shit. Say, 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 Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Yeah, that's yep. my yep. number five. Bad. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. I agree. My number three, good. There's some, there's some couple of good, some really good songs in this, um, but I'm going to go with "Owner of a Lonely Heart" by Yes because I really like that interesting little song. And I didn't like a lot of the stuff they did. I liked "Your Move" and this. And mm. apart from that, I didn't like much of the stuff they did. And I really didn't like much of John Anderson's solo stuff. But I really liked "Owner of a Lonely Heart." It was always an interesting song to the way it started, and it just I thought it was a good song. So that's my yeah, number, I agree. number three. Good. I've just written it in a bad pile. Should be down here. Um, and my number three bad, I've got a theme for my bads this time. It's cover versions. There's cover versions. There's about five cover versions on this uh, on this particular chart, and they all stink. <laughs> They're all awful. Um, and I'll I'll put in at number three one that probably deserves a higher ranking because uh, it is just. It is feeding them one of the worst. It's a shitty song anyway, but they just take it and make it and put it in the toilet and flush it another 65 times as Red Red Wine by UB40. Oh, gazumped. Oh, sorry. It's, oh, no. it's a Neil Diamond yeah. song, and uh, I didn't like it when he did it, and I liked it even less when they did it. Well, it's from their album, UB40, up your favourites, <laughs> and um, which is which is a big album in 1984. But you know, remember? Do you remember American Pie? <laughs> and it's a reggae version of American. No, they didn't. Uh, do that. But yeah, they just every time they did a cover, they just 
did that. Yeah, they were dreadful. Yeah, they were. They were. They did. There were a couple of their songs that I didn't mind, but there, there's certainly Red Red Wine doesn't make it onto my list of anything but crap. Fine. You know what a UB40 is? It's a doll it's form. It's a doll it? number. Yeah. It's a doll form, yeah. 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 yeah, well, I think they should have maybe got the doll and not inflicted that shit on us. I always thought, don't call it a UB40. You should be called the UB40. UB40. <laughs> Fill in one of those. Well, it should yes. have been the UR, not the UB, <laughs> when you think about yeah. it. Uh, what do you got for us at number two, Fanny? Number two, bad. Well, I, you know, when I listen to a song that I've never really heard or I can't remember, and they put me through 30 seconds of a drum machine because they're too fucking lazy to do anything. <laughs> I mean, what, were they late to the studio? What, what, why just play this terrible beat on a drum machine for 30 seconds? Was there some, are they getting paid by the minute? In which case, so you, they should earn about $30. Dear Enemy with Computer One. <sighs> yes, well. Okay. Ronnie Martini. I think, yeah, I think the. Um, I the prefer Espresso Martini. <laughs> I think the hi hats are a um, drum machine, but I think the, the kick and the snare are real. But, yeah, they were going to be the next big thing. Peter McKeon produced it, and he was the guy that sort of, you know, made men at work. And um, so, you know, they got a great deal out of that because Peter McKeon said, yeah, these guys are going to be next. So America just chucked money out of it. They oh, had lunch with Alan Elder and met all these great people in America. And, yeah, they had a great old time. A good fellow, Roddy yeah. Martini, the singer. I liked Rod. Top bloke. I met him a really few good times. Singer. Yeah. yeah. He's a really good bloke. And, um, He's a really good singer. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big ref of that song, but... Uh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. And, and the number two, Good Finding? No, this is a great coming-of-age song that I know Brian doesn't like, but then again, Brian has his own personal issues. That's true. <laughs> come, come, <laughs> come, said the boy. The only thing that confuses me about this is in the tra- same charts, in the same top ten or top twenty, is... Quite right, come on, feel the noise, right? Yeah. Now, come on, feel the noise is spelt C U M. Slade spelling. Yeah, which is, you know. Yeah, we it's know what come it is. On. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying, but it should be, it should be C U M said the boy. Really? Anyhow, they yeah. sort of swapped the spellings. But, you know, I think this is a great coming of, coming of age song, you know. If you listen to it, a very good song. Well done. Great. I this, love it. I which, love it. Which song are you talking about? Come on, feel the boys or what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, come said the, the boy. boy. Yeah, no, I love it. It's, it's Come on down to the sand where you can be what you want to be, Brian. Let me be no, a man. Boy, Let me be a man for you. Down on do the what, sand, uh, Brian. See, you live near the sand. Yeah, but do what you want to do mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. it is. You go and light up a fire on the sand now. See how long you last. Right. You can't do what you want to do. Yeah, that's probably true. Right. You got two more dud ones to give us now, Brian. Uh, but Finey's going well. Big country. Come, said the boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's look at. I don't know which number this one is. It's in. The, I think it's number ten, Kev. I could be wrong. Yeah. Okay. It's it's our very own Olivia with mm. Twist of Fate. Yeah. And, my God, this is just, it's horrid. It's just full of 80s keyboard sounds. 
And the odd time I think I hear a guitar, I think that's a keyboard playing that as well. So I don't think there's any guitar in it. The chorus isn't too bad, but just the 80s production, it's just awful. It's just so, you know, and it's just sort of trying to be Madonna or trying to be something that it's not. So it just reeks of insincerity and let's just have a hit rather than, hey, I've got a really good idea for a song. Yep. Yeah, so There's a lot that, of that went on in the 80s by people who'd had hit records previously who just kind of got in the manufa- into the little sausage factory and went, oh, let's just pop this one out. Yeah. And my other one, which I just can't stand it, is Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. And I think the reason I hate it was that every cover band that had a girl singer yeah. – in the 80s, oh, well, it's a, it's a girl singer song, so you do Love is the Battlefield. That and Because I, the Night. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> Every um, band that had a female singer and, and uh, thought they could rock did those two songs, you're dead right. Probably chucked in a Stevie Nicks as well. Oh. But maybe, maybe that's why I've got such an aversion to Stevie as well. But, um, yeah, so Love is the Battlefield, Pat Benatar is my number Three, yep, worst. I, I will say this about that song: that any time you know, I don't, I don't do it that much anymore. But I used to take the family on long road trips to Adelaide, to the Gold Coast, etc. And whenever we drove past a farm with a few cows, I used to sing "Love Is a Cattlefield," <laughs> and they, <laughs> and I did. I used to. I, they hated it. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no. I don't. What's got more appeal to me than "Love Is a Battlefield"? I must admit. Uh, now, my number three, too bad. Number two, bad. As I said, I've got a theme. It's the cover versions. Now, there's a few other cover versions in here. You mentioned one just uh, before there, Finey. Uh, yep. I'm holding on to that one uh, because that's right at the top of the tree. But there's two Australian cover versions in here. You mentioned Backstabbers by Steve Cummings, which was an old OJ song. Don't think Steve did it any great justice. And the Mentals did a version of the Roy Orbison song, Working for the Man. Now, you know, I'm no big Roy Orbison fan by any stretch of the imagination, but working for the man, he actually did it reasonably well. The Mentals murdered it. Um, uh, and, I'm, and you know, Martin's a great singer. I love Martin, uh, but uh, gee whiz, so, uh, I've got to put it in at number two. Um, working for the man by the Mentals never worked for me. Uh, you know what my one great regret is? That there's never been a duet between Martin Plaza and Tina Arena. Which would be? Oh, it'd have to be like something like, you know, the shopping mall or something between a plaza and a <laughs> arena. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't quite work, does it? Um, and my number two good uh, is The Fix. One thing <coughs> leads to another. Kev, 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 Kev. Hello, Brian. What are you have what you, are you doing to me? Have you dropped out there, Brian? Have you dropped out? No, God, <laughs> blimey! Have I got? Have I got my two? My, two of my good ones are they in your? Ah, uh, oh, well, you you just gives up my number two bad, but um, that's okay. But the oh, fix yeah, is your you number two bad. I hate that band. Why do you hate They've that got, band? Oh, the shitty drum sounds, you know, and a. Just all that 80s production, and it just sounds like computers playing rather than people playing. I didn't mind that song. Okay, you let. Yeah, I didn't mind that song. They came in. They came into off the record actually. A couple of those uh, boys from that band, they were good. 
That's not why I put it your, If I pop over to your place for a beer, please don't put that fix on for me. Okay. All right. Thank you. Promise you won't. Uh, plenty of other songs I could taunt you with, Brian. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> All right, number number one. Here we go. Finey's uh, number one, uh, good and bad. Now, in the bad pile so far, we have Love Cats by The Cure and Computer One by Dear Enemy. In the good, In a Big Country by Big Country and Comes to the Boy by Mondo Rock. All right, number one, bad. Now, look, oh, I, I never liked this band I, I liked one song by this singer, but I, I appreciate that there was a time where this was quite an important band, but, you see, this is what f***ing happens. <laughs> so the number one band song is this terrible self, it, it's just totally self-indulgent. It's not a song. It's just crap that goes through like four or five minutes called Victims by Culture Club. Oh, it's just this fucking long-winded piece of piss, right? But they piggyback on, you know, Karma Chameleon's in the same thing. Now, of course, I don't like that song. No sane person would. But I could understand at the time. And, and there was something important about Culture Club smuggling the lines of sexuality because we now know that not everybody fits into, you know, square pegs and round holes. And I, I appreciate that. And I think Culture Club and Boy George... Did a lot at the time for kids that needed some somebody to dress up to yeah. to feel more accepted, and that, I mean that I really do. Yeah, I no, it's a valid point. Would have, been, would have been important to people if but it wasn't. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't feel comfortable identifying as an onion. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, that makes me cry. So <laughs> yeah, me too. Which which. Coincidentally, the only song I ever liked by him was Crying Game because I thought he sang it really well. Oh, okay. I was going to um, to ask what was the song you liked. Well, I, you know, I, I really liked that movie. Yeah. I mean, look, there's that scene in it that is shocking and confronting and you don't expect it. You'd never want to see it again. Forrest Whitaker trying to bowl. <laughs> Pretending he was a cricketer. Yeah, right. <laughs> Remember that at the beginning? Uh, was no, there. I don't, but I knew he was in it. Um, yeah, well, he was being held hostage and he was remembering playing cricket. Let me tell you, that's no bowling action you ever want to see again. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so. so <laughs> but the bit with the girl and the penis, that's fine. No, no problem with that. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Forrest Whitaker can't bowl. <laughs> Anyhow, so, but you see, here's what happens. It's not your, la- it's not your last your last song or, or your crappiest song can do very well in the charts because if you've got a lot of fans, they're going to buy your next yeah. song. Yeah, correct. But yeah. You're going to burn a lot of them with songs of victims. And that's why in the end, Culture Club... Faded off into, you know, died a, an ignominious death because there were too many crap songs on the back of what their fans really liked. Yep. You're right. Which is, which is why it was a very short burn career. It went, it went for a very short amount of time because there wasn't the material to sustain it. Yeah, so correct. They, they went pretty deep for one, one of their songs. It was about world peace and uh, it was very sort of deep. Um, I think if I remember it, it went, 
war, war is stupid and people are stupid. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, oh well. If you're, gonna get stuck, yeah. if you're gonna get stuck in the lyrics, you're not gonna like my number one song. What's your number one good oh. song? All right. I really liked this song then. I mean, it it's not a punk song, but it has a touch of punk to it, obviously. Mm. But it also has a good back sound, and I'm not saying that Johnny Lydon is anything like a musical talent. And also public image were any good. This is not a love song. Yeah, but I really like this is not a love song. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's got a it's got a bit of attitude at, at a time when I was searching for for you know, the music I was into was like I really was musically affected by a famous um music video or music it was a, it was a CD or a tape called Erg, a music ward, really interesting band, some of which would go on to be very famous, others not. Are you familiar with that, Erg, a music ward? No, no not, off the, not off the top of my head, no. Oh, it's brilliant. You know, it's got you, – you should actually look it up. You, I will. U-R-G-H and see the compilation of bands, some of which became huge, others not. But that was the sort of music I was into, so it was alternative. It had a harder range and this – in in – in what I think was a very bubblegum period for music, at least this to me had a bit of an edge. So I really like this. It's not a love song. Yep. There you go. Yeah, no, I don't, actually, I don't mind it either. I've, I've um, uh, we'll talk at some stage, maybe not this week, but uh, about what John Lydon's doing at the moment, which is unbelievable for that man to be doing what he's doing at the moment. Uh, but it's, it's, it's funny because it, the comment, you know, you see comments, but you only ever see one for a song. Yeah. So even though even though it had ten million views, the comment is it's amazing that Johnny Lydon's gone from one of the most hated men in England to a national living treasure. Yeah, he has. He has. Yeah. At the moment, he's, they they love him at the moment because of what he's doing with um, this Eurovision Song Contest stuff. What's he doing with that? Oh, I'll explain the tick, but let's let's get your number. Right. Your number two is fix. One thing leads to another. The fix, yeah, that's it. That second go root itself. And actually, erg, erg. I reckon that's the same noise that the girl I was body surfing with made. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and number one, uh, Kev gives up me before. It's from the UB40 Up Your Favourites album, (laughs) which is every one of their albums. And, um, yeah, Neil Diamond doesn't want a reggae beat stuck up the ass of his song, and neither do I. <laughs> so once again, UB40 completely fail. Fair enough. Um, my number one bad, don't do cover versions of Slade songs. Just don't. Mm. Just don't. Just don't. Just don't. If the, even if one part of your musical anatomy thinks of it, just tell yourself no. Because no one can do their songs better than they did them. Uh, so come on, feel the noise by Quiet Riot. Piss right off, honestly. Uh, and my number one wow. good is Come Said the Boy by Mondo Rock off that chart. That's the best thing on that chart, I reckon. Like it a so lot. Good come, bad come. Yes, yes. I have come at the, at the top of both of my piles. You, you had, <laughs> if you'll you pardon had, my that expression, what you John, had come twice. Yes, I did. John Lydon's done a song, written a song called Hawaii, um, and he's put it up 
as uh, it's a, it's been released as a single. It's a it's a song dedicated to his wife Nora, um, yep. who, as you know, Brian, when we spoke to him um, for the Life of Brian podcast, um, he was he was still able to care for her then. Well, he still he still is, but he's a twenty four hour a day carer for her, and uh, and she's obviously got um, got a, an enormous amount of, of problems. But Alzheimer's is the main one that, and everything that comes off that. Uh, from a medical point of view, is is what he's dealing with, um, and so Hawaii, their trip to Hawaii was something that she remembers and something that he remembers, and and so it's a it's still a shared memory that they that they can connect with. So he wrote this song. It doesn't sound like a John Lydon song for for most of it, um, but it, and it's really interesting as a song, um, and he's put it up um, to be the song uh, to represent Ireland in the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, is he Irish? So he's actually going to go on the on the. Uh, I think they approached him to to uh, submit it. So he's going to go on. I think I think I've got this right. Someone will correct me if I haven't. But he's going to go on the show and uh, and perform it, and then he either gets voted to be the the nominee, like we do here. Uh, you know, when you yeah. uh, six or seven or eight performers and Joel Creasy and uh, and Miff do the do the show. Um, the other year it was um, oh, I think Casey Donovan might have done it one year and. Kate Heidke Miller did it one year, um, so yeah, you get voted as the as the person to represent the country. So he's he's going to do that with this song Hawaii. Um, oh, I hope he gets through. And I saw him interviewed on a uh, on a, a British uh, breakfast television program, and he started talking about Nora and, and about Hawaii and about all that. And he was he was you know welling up and going in tears, nearly talking about it. So he's he's actually got a. a besides all the smart assery and all that stuff that he had going, he's actually got a bit of a heart of gold, John, and he's. He's, yeah. uh, he's not he's not what the public persona think he is for for a lot of the time so and yeah. I was surprised how funny he was I oh, he, he this breakfast TV interview is hysterical no he's very good yeah he's a ripper yeah he's yeah. good no. he's good uh, and just before, while again, we're talking about Life of Brian, just want to tell people the new uh, version of Life of Brian, the new episode's up and it features Clem Burke, the drummer of Blondie, and uh, Don Most, Ralph Mal from Happy Days, we had a chat wow, with as well. that's good. Yeah, so yeah. a couple of really good interviews, part two of Clem and part one of Donnie Most, who's a really good fella and actually a really good singer, um, So, um, as well as being a yeah. very funny and very important member of that Happy Days crew. It's, it was a very good chat, Keith. Yeah, it's good. It was a good, good show. So uh, that, that uh, up and about, as you hear this, you can go and check that one out wherever you found your podcast. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Finey. It's been, it's been fun as always. We've kept it down a bit over an hour, but not much. You know what they say, there's no I in most. <laughs> if there was, it would be boys. Yes. <laughs> and, and then we'd all have a problem finding. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's one of the world that's one of the world's most most uncomfortable words to use in conversation. Yeah, people don't like saying moist. People do not like you using the word moist. Yeah. Yeah. Cert, cert, certainly not in the um upholstery and Furniture business. Whereas in cake baking. How does that feel? How does that feel? Moist. Yes. Yeah. Um, or in the in the doctor's surgery. Again, and not another place you should use it. It's just it's got its yeah. it's got its places. Uh, have a have a, you got gigs coming up, uh, Brian? We should speak about. Uh, no, um, I don't think I work again till February now, and. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with all my time, but anyway, um, then I'm going on a cruise for three days. So 
on some 80 screws or something. So, oh, it's oh God, as long as, as, long as it's yeah. a three day cruise, not a three hour cruise. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's my next uh, little adventure. So, um, yeah, good. And take your own advice and have all the selfies done in the first day so as you don't have to do them for the whole trip. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah, very good. And, um, you know, you know, it'll be good. I, I like going on boats, so all good. You'll be doing your, um, your um, medley of Poseidon Adventure Titanic songs? Actually, I might think that's not a bad idea, kid. What was it? There's got to be a morning, morning after. after. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I should certainly let, get the band to learn a bit of it just to play it in the middle of everybody wants to work or something. Just yeah. got to play a bit of it. And do, do three, six months in a leaky boat. Six months in a leaky boat. And do the Harry Chapin song, the dance band on the Titanic. <laughs> right, eh? I'll get a little medley going of those yeah. three songs. Just yeah, stop down, stop down in the middle of everybody's got to work, and three times. Yeah. The first time, do the morning after. Second time, do dance band on the Titanic, and the third time, do six months in a leaky boat. And then finish right. off with, with we're going down, down, <laughs> down, 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 down. down. Uh. <laughs> well, that'll be something to look forward to. Beautiful. All right. Well, uh, have a lovely week, uh, Brian. Uh, Finey, uh, don't work too hard, mate. I know you. I know you will. But you know, give yourself some time during the day. Ah, uh, well, nothing wrong with a bit of hard work. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your moist. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we shall go. Uh, thank you, boys. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Ernie, we on after Tony Talia with the news. <laughs> You've just experienced Rock and Roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.